Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. On The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall, we take you through practical steps to get fitter, better and stronger than ever before. And also... Lose a bit of weight, because that's something we all want to do, Adam. In the past two episodes, we've been focusing on the best way to do that. We had the fastest way to lose weight was fasting. We went through what type of fasting diets work the best. And also, Adam, your fasting diet that you do, which I found really interesting. (laughs) The best takeout I had was always trick your body. So I was thinking, you know how you said, oh, I have a 10-hour window, I have one day that's a 24-hour fast, but then also I have a feast at the end. And then I thought, well, hang on, if I do that same thing every week, my body's going to know it. So then I've got to mix up which day I have Certainly the, do, yeah. the 24-hour one. It's fascinating stuff. Go back and have a listen because then once you're armed all that knowledge, this episode's going to be so helpful for you because we are now going to help you with all that information, tell you What's the best way to start fasting? Yeah. This is the sort of the guiding light that leads you into it now. I'm on board. Let's do it. How do we start fasting? Well, man, Adam? it's not easy, is it? When you think about it, you know, our ancestors was all right for them to fast because they had to fast. There was no food. Yeah. But in the society we live in now, I was just walking into the studio today and I'm fasting today for my 24 hours. I was walking past the the restaurants downstairs and the smell of, you know, the food and whatnot at lunchtime in the city is just amazing. So, you know, fasting isn't really something that is conducive in our modern environments. Our environments work against us to overeat. And, uh, you know, we now know that on average, people put something in their mouth 15 times a day. So not eating for 24 hours is bloody hard. So, and the different types of fasts that we do, we learn also that there's the short-term fast, which is like vacuuming the carpet, you know, the time-restricted eating, which I do, which is eating for only 10 hours of the day. Yeah. Um, that's great for getting, you know, some of the, the, the dirt off the top of the carpet. But then the extended fasting we spoke about, which is the five-day mimicking fast, or if you're really team extreme doing a three-day water fast, that's the real steam cleaning of the carpets. Which, you know, you probably should do once a year. and But the hardest thing is compliance, you know. I always say to people, what's the best diet? It's the awareness one. That's all diet's about. What you put in your mouth, being aware of it, and can you comply and stick to it? So today, we're going to hack into the dirty dozen best tips to be able to succeed with your fast. All right, let's get into number one, starting off with small bites. Yeah, well, it's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? You know, we spoke about it. You can't expect to go cold turkey you know, going from being a bloke that likes to have a few tinnies every afternoon, eating a meat pie, eating for extended periods of the day. Um, you know, most people eat on average for about 15 hours of the day, uh, consume some sort of beverage with calories in it or eat something with calories in it. So expecting them to not eat for 24 hours, you're going to bloody fail. It's, yeah. a, it's a recipe for disaster. So my advice is shifting your body into what I call a fat burning state, teaching your body how to burn fat for energy. So what most people do in the mornings, and I bloody hate it, is they get up in the morning and they've been brainwashed to eat cereal. Yeah. Now, cereal is the worst thing you can eat because it's full of sugar, full of carbohydrates, and our bodies become lazy. They only become efficient at burning carbohydrates as energy. So without that hit of sugar in the morning, we're tired, we're fatigued, fatigued, but whereas if we teach our bodies to use fat as energy, and we've got plenty of stored body fat, most of us, that we can tap into, the hunger cravings and the sugar roller coaster isn't going to be as apparent when you start to try to fast. I can tell you, I've been doing this in the lead up to a few big dinners I've got coming up, which I know are around the corner with some family <laughs> in town. And I'm thinking, you know what? I won't eat until 9am, then 9.30, then 10, now 11.30. And I'm just slowly decreasing that eating window so my body is burning fat in the morning. Because it's like, if you're going to go do a marathon, you can't just go do it the no. next day. You slowly got to train slowly it. Train. So think of this the exact same way. Same way. So start off with just small body. 
metabolites, you know, and teach your body to become more what we call fat adapted. And that's the goal of good health is being metabolically flexible in the sense that you can eat that piece of cake and it doesn't affect your body as much because you've taught your body how to use different types of energy when you take it through different types of food. So my tip is when you get up first thing in the morning, don't eat anything for the first 90 minutes. Our hormones are all over the place. Cortisol levels peak, no coffee. Just get up, make sure you have some water. So there's 90 minutes straight away. You've slept for eight hours of the day. So straight away, you've got nearly two hours of not eating. Then the eight hours, there's 10 hours straight away. So there's only 14 hours of the day to go. My most important rule with eating is make sure that you front load your calories. So try to stop eating three hours at least before you go to bed. And then as time goes by, try to have dinner earlier and earlier because we know that eating is really hard on the body. And uh, you want to give your body a break from eating. So the more that you can abstain from eating in the late evening, the better your body's going to get recovery and sleep. And we're going to listen in a lot more detail in the previous episode where Adam talks about his 10-hour window and exactly the type of fast that he sticks to. So if you want this in a lot more detail, jump back an episode. So there you go, guys. So just start off slow, build your way into it and set yourself up for success. Next point, Adam, is controlling your environment. This is key, you reckon? Success in life all comes down to your environment. The people you surround yourself with, the things that you put around yourself on a daily basis. It's about designing your life for happiness and success. And you do that through deliberate practice. You can't expect to show willpower. We know from our past podcast with Mark Boris, why is he a multimillionaire? Why is he so good looking and healthy at 60 odd years of age? It's because why? Because he creates his environment. He creates habits to take away decision-making. He gets up in the morning, he wears the same things. He eats the same breakfast. Mark Zuckerberg. Obama. Um, Obama. Um, Steve Jobs. They all did the same thing. They wore the same thing and ate the f- same thing first thing in the morning because they don't want to expend energy making trivial decisions first thing in the morning. Why? Because that's using up their brain power for the big decisions and willpower that you need to assert later in the day. So create your environment. And by that, I mean, if you're going to do a fast, firstly, make sure you don't have crap in the house because of course you're going to eat it. We now know that when food's at eye level, we are a lot more likely to eat that food than if it's kept out of sight, out of mind. So also tell the people in your environment that you are fasting because if you're like me, you get cranky like Alf off home and away. Yeah. I'm an arsehole when I don't eat. So my wife will always turn around to me and say, are you fasting? Because you're a bit cranky. So you've got to warn people and they're not going to put you in an environment where you will fail. They're not going to want to put, you know, a piece of ice cream in front of you or a piece of cake in front of you because they know you're trying to fast. So control your environment. We should get some T-shirts made for the Health Hacker Tribe that says, be patient, I'm fasting. Yes, leave me alone, I'm fasting. (laughs) Hey, you mentioned don't drink coffee uh, in the morning because I know that also your cortisol is high, so it will have not a very good effect and you should let your body sort of boot up without it and be fat adaptive. But once you're rolling, your next point is actually coffee is really good for you. That's great for you. Coffee, you know, in America, actually, most people get more antioxidants out of drinking coffee than any other source of food. So that's how they're actually getting all their their, their antioxidants in their diet in America by getting nice amounts of coffee into their diet. So coffee is a huge health booster. We know the benefits of coffee. We've spoken about it in past podcasts. But what it does as far as an appetite regulation effect goes is it actually helps produce Y-peptides. And Y-peptides are hormones that are produced in the gut in response to eating. So they keep you feeling full and they give you that feeling of satiety, of feeling satisfied. Yeah, right. So the caffeine will actually give you that sensation of feeling full. It'll reduce cravings. It'll stop the urge. That's the hardest thing. This is a mind game. When you're fasting, and a lot of people experience problems with eating as a result of emotional eating, when it comes to stress or when it becomes, you know, just eating because they're bored, 
we're not eating a lot of the time because we're hungry. It's because our brain is bored and it's wanting us to eat. So how do we hack then into our brains and trick them to think that we are actually full and we aren't hungry? So a great way to do this is coffee because it affects hormones in our body, particularly our gut, which are these Y peptides. And in actual fact, science have actually shown that decaffeinated coffee is even more effective at producing these Y peptides in the gut. So if you want to get an extra hack, make sure when you drink your coffee, it's decaffeinated if you're doing it to blunt the effects of appetite. Okay, so then after you're having coffee, which can dehydrate you, you want to rehydrate. So slamming water is the next point on your list to get yourself into fasting the right way. 100%. You know, water is probably the greatest thing that people can include in their diet on a more regular basis. And, you know, it's something that's so simple, it's free, and, you know, it's something that most of us are actually deficient in is actually hydration. So, you know, most people actually think that they're hungry, but in actual fact, they're dehydrated. And it's the brain sends the same signal to the body when it's dehydrated as it does when it's hungry. So you must make sure that you're getting your water up. Now, a great way of doing this if you don't really like water is actually drink soda water when you're fasting Mm. because that will give you the sensation with the bubbles in the mouth and that will also trick the brain into thinking that it's getting more than just plain old water. So there's a hack there. And the other little hack you can do with your water is add some apple cider vinegar to it. Studies have shown that, you know, the acetic acid in the apple cider vinegar actually delays gastric emptying of the stomach. So what this does is it once again creates a feeling of fullness again. So your stomach empties a bit slower, so therefore you don't get them hunger, pains and that desire to eat uh, as rapidly as you would if you didn't add the apple cider vinegar. That's a really good thing to have in the morning too as your first drink, a little bit of apple cider vinegar. It's a bit strong. I know you're going to hit up Adam on Instagram and go, man, it tastes awful, I hate it. But like after a while you feel the health benefits more than the taste of it. And if you dilute it with water, it's very doable. Or put a bit of lemon juice and salt to it. A bit of lemon juice, a bit of salt to it. It's great. Yeah. You know, and once again, it's all about controlling the cravings. And apple cider vinegar takes the edge off them Just cravings. Just don't tweet me and go, oh, yeah, but it tastes horrible. Like, I know, <laughs> all right? I know it tastes horrible. I still think it tastes horrible, yeah. but just push past it. I like it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm used to it now. but <laughs> it's like quiet, isn't you it? Know, yeah, but it's not exactly like a strong latte. No. Okay, all right. <laughs> Next hack is get busy. Yes, Alex, that's exactly right. Get busy. We alluded to it earlier that, you know, we eat a lot of the times out of boredom or out of stress or whatnot. So it's our brains just finding something to distract themselves. So the best way to avoid craving food when we're not really even hungry is just get busy. And I actually mean grab your partner, if you've got one, and have sex. Oh, I thought you meant like keep yourself active, you know, distract yourself with lots of work. You mean like, okay. Well, it's about hacking the brain, isn't it? Not bringing on the desire to eat. And oddly enough, sex boosts dopamine and serotonin, which are the pleasure and happiness hormones. So if you occupy your brain for 20 minutes, the time you basically need to tell your your stomach and body that it's not hungry, um, getting busy will actually allow the release of these hormones and all of a sudden you won't be thinking about food. And if you don't have a partner where well, you can actually use your hands, and I don't mean literally, mm. to pleasure yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, grab something like a set of keys. And what you start to do with the keys or a ball is you actually exchange them from left to right and you start to move oh, the okay. ball yeah. or the keys from hand to hand. Yeah. Now, you might be saying, what the hell does this do? But what it actually is doing is it's stimulating both sides of your brain and you're spreading the blood and electricity across both sides of the brain. And these impulses then flood your brains with neurons and it diffuses any sort of craving. So it's quite amazing, isn't it, that, you you know, the simple act of just passing something from hand to hand actually tricks the brain, distracts it enough and allows the brain then to switch off from the cravings. What if I do that while having sex? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm mean, like the most fit person in the world, the best at fasting. Oh, That's mate. really fascinating, Adam. That's super cool. Don't so, go into the bedroom with keys, mate. They're no, too no. distracting. <laughs> so if you throw a ball from left to right hand, it keeps your brain moving, yeah. keeps you occupied and I, I, I don't know. It just blows my mind, this stuff. I don't know where you find it, McGoogle. Well, it's just a little brain hack, isn't it? Once again, you know, you're flooding the brain, you're confusing the brain and you're taking its focus off being hungry onto something else. And then, Adam, hack number six on hacking your way into fasting is to play a game. That's right. You know, a lot of people bag, you know, people spending too much time playing games and on the computer and whatnot. But in this instance, if you are fasting and you're struggling to get through it because the cravings are too strong, pick up your device and actually start to play a game. It's a fascinating thing, but research has shown that playing games actually stimulates the brain's reward system, which reduces the desire to eat. Right. So, you know, you're craving something, your brain's craving reward, essentially. Right. So if all of a sudden you pick up your device and you start playing a game, you're rewarding the brain. Or if you get onto Google, just the same sort of thing, and search for something, your brain will release dopamine. So if you go, okay, I want to search a nice holiday, get on there and distract the brain, find something that rewards the brain, which is seeking with an answer, and that will keep the cravings at bay. If you're like me, you have a list of stuff on your phone that you've been meaning to look up for ages, like, oh, look up like how to buy this thing or how to fix that table. Might be a good time to start doing those YouTube tutorials that you said you've been going to do for ages because that list just keeps growing. And if you can't eat, you're going to have time on your hands. (laughs) Well, if that ice cream's calling out your name, mate, just pick up the phone (laughs) and start to search something or play a game. Fascinating. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. This is The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall, letting you know the best tips to start off fasting. Adam, your next hack is hit it, but with high-intensity exercise, something that I do, really enjoy it. It's bloody hard work, but you feel amazing afterwards. How does this help with fasting? Yeah, well, it's fascinating. Once again, it's all about how do we affect the brain because the Mm. brain is what controls our cravings. So research has shown that as little as two minutes of high-intensity exercise actually will keep your hunger at check. And the reason it does this, it actually reduces the activation of brain regions linked to food cravings. So this results in much lower desire to eat. So it's about tricking the brain, hacking the brain once again. So it reduces the hunger hormone, uh, particularly ghrelin, um, which is really responsible for them cravings. So when you're sitting there and your belly's rumbling, them hormones are going into a state of chaos. So the best way to do this is through high-intensity exercise and just through you know, your own experience, after you do a hard exercise session, you're not hungry, are you? No, you don't feel like eating very much because you just feel a bit sick. (laughs) You feel sick. So the last thing you want to be doing too is pulling blood flow into the stomach. So the muscles are screaming, they're tired, you've just done something really hard. The Mm. brain's smart, it goes, I need blood and I need all my resources going to the muscles to help them repair. Yeah. So doing something that actually, you know, makes you exert some real effort will actually naturally reduce the amount of cravings you have because your body's trying to repair itself after that high bout of exercise. And one thing it does do, which helps you, because that was in the benefit in part one of this episode, it makes you really thirsty. So you start drinking a lot of water, which is going to keep you hydrated and also keep your blood sugar nice and level as well. And if you put the apple cider vinegar with it, whammy. (laughs) <laughs> the next hack is a cryptic one from Adam, as always. Keep it fresh, friends <laughs> of the show. What does that mean, Adam? Well, it's your breath. Nothing worse than bad breath, as as uh, most people know, particularly people out there that are trying the ketogenic diet. God help their uh, loved ones with that bad breath you get from the keto diet. Yeah, what's that? We are going to do an episode on keto, but your body, is it starts burning fat in a very oh, different yeah, way. It starts to break down, you know, a lot of uh, muscle mass. Your and, liver starts yeah, burning. Yeah, oh, it starts yeah. to burn, you know, you know, different types of fuel and it starts to reek some uh, yeah. not so pleasant odour from the it's mouth. It's good for short term to like really get you 
your body like fired up. Yeah, yeah, great for some resets, and but not so great for people that are drinking uh, six beers every afternoon and then expect to eat zero carbs straight away. So much smarter ways to ease yourself into the ketogenic lifestyle, which we'll speak about. But once again, you know, keeping it fresh when it comes to dietary habits, it's very important. And the hacks here around fasting are chewing gum, and it's one of the best ways to starve off hunger. Um, research conducted at Rhodes University, for example, showed that people that chewed gum before and after meals actually ate a lot less calories than those that didn't. So the simple act of just chewing gum, for whatever reason, stimulated the brain to thinking that it was actually eating without the calories. So once again, it was just a circuitry hack that tricked the brain into thinking that it was getting food when it wasn't. I'm kind of guessing a bit that the brain's actually the smartest thing in our bodies and also the dumbest sometimes (laughs) because you can kind of trick it. Well, the brain uses more energy than any other organ in the body. So, you know, we're inherently very lazy by nature and we don't want to have to think. And this is the thing, most people on average spend 30% of their day daydreaming because that's the brain's way of protecting itself and the bodies to not burn too many calories. Because back in the old days as cavemen, we didn't have McDonald's everywhere, 7-Elevens, you couldn't just get food. Mm. So we need to conserve energy. So that's why you make dumb decisions sometimes because your brain doesn't want to have to work too hard because it requires calories. Wow. So anything you can do to hack into the brain will certainly hack into your health as well. So little things like tricking your brain to think that it's getting food when it's not, through drinking certain things, chewing gum, Mm. these hacks actually really hack into the brain. So now you've got another hack about keeping it fresh, and that's brushing your teeth. Yeah, brushing your teeth. You think about it. From a practical thing, that's what we are as health hackers, not always applying stuff that has actual scientific data behind it. Who's going to do a research study on bloody brushing your teeth? Someone did that, right? Uh, well, they have, but you wouldn't think they would have. Yeah. But it's once again a hack. Like, try it yourself. If it works, it works for you. If it doesn't work, well, it doesn't work. But for me personally, I know that when I brush my teeth, I don't feel like eating mm. because I like the freshness in my mouth. I actually like the cleanness. So subconsciously, the last thing I want to then go and do is dirty that environment. I also got a great tip from a dentist the other day. So you know when you sit down in the chair and at the end of the session, they put the fluoride mouth guard in there yeah. <laughs> and then they say, don't eat or drink for half an hour and you spit it all out and you get all that goo in there and whatnot. He said, do the same thing when you finish brushing your teeth. Don't wash your mouth out with water because the whole point is you want to keep the fluoride in there to protect your teeth. And I was like, this is fascinating. So actually when you finish brushing your teeth, don't wash it out. And then that's going to help this hack as well because your mouth is going to taste really minty and you won't want to be eating anything. There you go, the hacker hacking the hacker. (laughs) (laughs) Adam, you touched on it kind of before about using your imagination, but how does this help with fasting? Yeah, well, once again, you know, our brains are in control of what we eat, when we eat, you know, our desires. And if you can really hack into your brain like we spoke about earlier, it's the key, you know. Imagining food, believe it or not, just imagining the act of eating food, this is how dumb we are, actually reduces cravings. You know, they did a a research study where 51 participants had to either imagine eating 33 M&Ms before being given access to the actual candy or only free M&Ms. Right. So they they could either imagine just eating free or 33 little bits of Gold, which is the M&M's. And then when they opened that packet, I reckon the results were pretty drastically different. It was amazing, Alex. Those that just imagined eating more M&M's ate 60% less than those who only imagined eating free. See, I would have thought you would say the opposite, that if you imagine less, you eat less. Because you're saying you imagine eating way more. more. Yeah. Your brain is almost going, I'm full, I'm good. Again, yeah. so the brain's quite dumb. You uh, can trick it. 100%. We, we spoke to Mark Boris in the last podcast who was trying to lose weight for his boxing event, and he spoke about, for the first time in his life, getting up in the middle of the night and watching eating shows. Yeah. And he's he on the said, Food Channel. He's on the night. Food Channel. <laughs> so there's a tip, you know, get on TV and watch food. Think about food. You probably think it's going to make you hung- hungrier, but it doesn't. It actually gives your brain the reward. 
and recognise the fact, you know what, there's food. Mm. I'm visually receiving that food and guess what? I think I'm getting it. So there's a great hack in itself. Just imagine something you really want to eat when you're fasting and think about the celebration you're going to have when you finish your fast. That hack, use your imagination. Love it. From one mental state to another, we move into meditation, something we've tapped on to this show quite a bit. But again, it's amazing how meditation can really help across so many areas as well as fasting. Yeah, well, look, we now know from, you know, going on this journey together that the key to success in life is obviously controlling the emotions in your body, the hormones, your state of mind, and stress, you know, really affects your hormones. That's really what stress is all about. It puts your hormones into this cascade of uh, negative effects. So and that's going to affect your blood sugar, blood which is going sugar. to make fasting harder. What does stress it. cause? A release of cortisol. Yeah. And we've spoken about this in past episodes. If you've ever listened to that. Inflammation, it's all a cycle. So if you can hack into controlling your environment and your hormones, mm. you know, you're on your way to success straight away. So what this does, and we spoke about this hormone earlier, it reduces the levels of the peptide YY in your gut. Right. So if you don't have enough YY peptides in your gut, you're going to feel hungry. So what you need to do is you need to get these hormones fired up in the right state. So stress actually causes your body to become hungry. Yep. So it's a survival thing, you know. Basically, your body's going, I'm under stress. You stress eat. I need energy yep. to avoid the line because yep. back in the day, where did stress come from? Being chased by something wanting to eat you. Yeah, but really, in modern day terms, the line's a middle-aged bloke called Brad who's yeah. <laughs> annoyed that his reports aren't ready. Yeah, That's or he's cut you off in traffic. Threat. So your brain and body doesn't understand the difference between the, the stress from good old Dave, the caveman from years ago, yep. to where we are now. So yep. it's going to release the same hormones. So how do we deal with that? How do we hack into that? And, you know, a great way to do that, to cut off stress, is through meditation or mindfulness. And this will obviously keep them cravings at bay because your stress levels will go down, your cortisol levels will go down, and you won't then go reaching into the fridge to eat something to break the fast. Adam, I actually read something fascinating about stress the other day, that participants ate an average of 22% more calories after a stressful test when compared to a non-stressful version of the same test. So they were put in the pressure cooker and it came out 22% different, which is a huge, huge result. Amazing, isn't it? And you think about your own life. When you are stressed, what do you generally do at your desk? We now know if you can reduce the stress in your life, you're going to reduce how much you put in your mouth. And to connect all these dots together, go back to one of the hacks earlier on this episode. It's about setting up your environment. So you can't always avoid stress if middle-aged Brad is breaking your balls about <laughs> a spreadsheet. If you have healthy snacks around you and your body just goes, oh, I need to eat something, at least you're grabbing for the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing. Brilliant hack. There you go. The hacker hacking the hacker. I love it. And Adam, it comes up again and again and again, but we really like to talk to you about how perfect it is to really help your body be stronger and better, and that is sleep. Sleep, mate, it's it's the most underrated thing when it comes to our health. If I had to pick one thing to focus on, people ask me all the time, how do I lose weight? Sleep. Yep. How do I have less stress? Sleep. It just armors your body to be so much more efficient, so much more effective. And Get off your phone and go to sleep. Go to sleep. Whatever you do, just sleep, you know. Uh, you know, last night, for example, my two-year-old daughter, you know, ate something bad. She got food poisoning and she vomited all over me from 12 o'clock at night all the way to 5 o'clock in the morning. And I can tell you now, I woke up this morning and I was starving. Yeah. Driving to this morning, them big golden arches looked more attractive than ever. Plus you're on a fast And I'm on a fast, so probably a stupid time to double up on stress. But it was amazing how, like, all of a sudden my, my senses were heightened because I hadn't slept well. And, you know, research has shown time and time again that a lack of sleep increases hunger. In actual fact, one study showed that it increased your hunger by up to 25%, and it decreases the levels of the fullness hormones by up to 26%, which is ghrelin and leptin. So it's amazing, you know, that sleep is so pivotal in not only just your health, but what you put in your mouth. So whatever you do, 
make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. And, you know, we're spoken about time and time again, you know, people that don't sleep more than six hours a night are up to 55% more likely to be obese. Mm. So matching all the dots, if you get your sleep right, you're going to get your health right. 55%. Yeah. It's amazing. Like when you have a late night, you know what that feeling is like when you are starving the next day because your body just is looking for energy like a type 2 diabetic you've said before. Yeah, and even when they do get fed, this is another fascinating part about the research that they've done on lack of sleep. They surveyed people and they asked them how full did they feel after their breakfast. So people that actually got less than six hours of sleep reported levels of fullness 26% lower than those that got a good night's sleep. It's <laughs> oh, just so, mean, isn't that's it? That's mean. So here you are, like you, you've got some sleep mm. and you've been given food, we've all been given food, but because you slept less than six hours, your level of satisfaction was 25% less than those that actually got more than six hours of sleep. So you're not even getting to enjoy your breakfast because you haven't yeah. slept properly. Which is why hangovers are so mean because a hangover <laughs> usually meant it was a late night as well. So your body's blood sugar's all over the yeah. shop because you've been drinking too many beers, plus you've had a late night. No wonder we're so starving the next day. You're hangry. So, you know, <laughs> there's nothing worse than being hungry and angry at the same time because you've got a pounding headache from a hangover. And we now know why. Because the body hasn't had a chance to recover and the way to survive is it's all about calories in versus calories out as far as survival goes for the body. So if it doesn't have them calories because it hasn't got enough sleep because it's had to work harder, it's going to crave more sugary and fatty foods. The final hack on how to start off fasting the right way. And Adam, I love that you look into this stuff. You're not just about body, you're about mind <laughs> and also about all of the senses. This one comes down to smell. Yeah, you know, just sniff it, you know. So make sure that, you know, if you're really struggling to get through that fasting period or, you know, you do know that parts of the day where you are challenged to eat something that's not so good for you, surround your environment with stuff that's going to help desensitize your hunger. And one of the best ways to do that is through your, your sense of smell. So they, they actually call it Christmas Day Syndrome. So people that spend all the time in the kitchen cooking the Christmas dinner yep. aren't even bloody hungry by the time they prepare the meal. It's true, yeah. <laughs> because they've been smelling these beautiful flavours all the time. Or well, maybe you've been snacking on it. Yeah, or cooking. snacking. So that's been rewarding the brain's pleasure receptors mm. throughout that process. So then the brain isn't craving that food. It's true. So, I love cooking and I often get to the end and go, I'm gassed. I'm just going to have like a little bit. You guys go nuts. Yeah, and like another great hack, particularly if you've got a sweet tooth, is actually scientific research has shown that sniffing things like vanilla reduces sugar cravings and it'll keep your hunger at bay. So once again, manipulating your environment, putting these little hacks around you will certainly make fasting much more achievable. And even if you can't do a fast, doing these things on a daily basis will actually help the waistline anyway. And Adam, I don't proclaim to be the fittest, strongest person. If you've met me, you'd be like, oh, I thought you'd be a bit more shredded for being a part of this show. You look good, because mate. I am, but I am one of these people who I try and implement this into my life. Just like if you're listening to this right now, I went through all this and I still try and figure out, oh, look, what's, when should I eat? What do I do? And I'm taking all this into my life. And what I can say is, though, you slowly start to figure it out and you are feeling a bit better. Hit up adam at adammcdougall.com.au and also themanshake.com.au. Jump on there, do the man challenge make yourself accountable grab a protein shake and let us know how you're going because it's so important that we get your feedback because it's all about us all hacking together certainly is alex thanks once again the health hacker with adam mcdougall is recorded in the studios of podcast one produced by alex mitchell audio production by nick slater executive producer is jamie show for more episodes Head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.